Hi everyone, welcome back to Mamaze F. This is Christy, of course, and today I have two special guests with me, um, two of my very best friends, <laughs> and I will let them introduce themselves. My best friends, two out of the three sisters are here with me today to record uh, the episode today, which is called Divorce and How to Deal with Divorce. Um, so before we get into any topics, I do want to give them the mic and allow them to introduce themselves. So here they go. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, my name is Emily. I'm the second to the oldest sister. I am a single mother, and I have a um, three-year-old son named Noah. I'm 29 years old, and I work for the sheriff's office. Hi, I'm Yvette. I'm the third of the sisters. I am 26 years old. I am the mom. I I am a mom, and my son is Jesse Ray. And he's how and old? And he is 10 months. Well, he'll be 11 months he's, this month. He looks like he's six months. He's so tiny. Yes, he's my little <laughs> tiny baby. Um, and I work in the eye field. Yeah, we both so. work in the eye field. I work for, yeah. well, we both work for retina doctors. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so today I wanted to, the reason why they're both here and we're, we're recording on this is obviously because I, you guys have hear, heard me talk about my dad before and how hard and our, our relationship is. Me and my dad don't always see eye to eye and we've actually had lots of falling outs, lots of disagreements and a lot of them have to do with my parents' divorce and I figured what better people to come on than the people who have lived this through me and also I would like to pick their brain and kind of see where and how they felt during this whole situation that we have dealt with that we're still dealing with Um, because I feel like sometimes in a family you don't always like open up to people because you just always assume that everybody feels and thinks the same way but as I get older I realize that that's not the case everyone has their feelings about something for the most part I feel like we're we have a lot of things that we agree on but as far as divorce goes I feel like we all have different point of views of how things happen of what we want for our families so that's why I wanted them here obviously um so for me my parents were married for years like 23 years before they decided to split um, obviously there was an infidelity on my dad's behalf. Um, and I was actually the one to find out that my dad was cheating on my mom. So this is a story that's very personal to me. And until today, other than my family, we haven't shared it with anybody. And I feel like it's kind of, I guess us being a little bit vulnerable, but we wanted to share our story with you just because we feel like there's a lot of people who have been there, done that. And, I don't know. We just felt like we wanted to share the story to somehow help somebody else in their family. So the way things happened was about, what, 13 years ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, my dad was, a, like I talked about before, my dad is very, like he's very Mexican in a lot of ways where he felt like he was a provider. He wanted to be the one to bring home the money. And my mom was a homemaker. My mom had to cook and clean and make sure that the household was taken care of, including us taking us to school making sure homework was done like my mom was very involved obviously because she was a homemaker so my we with that being said we would all have to do our part and pick up the slack at the house and wash clothes and do dishes whatever so one day 
I, I don't know what, I think it was like a Saturday. <clears throat> my dad had the habit of leaving things in his pocket. So me being the person that I was because I ha- my dad was a very like walking on eggshells type of guy. One minute he was okay. One minute he was like losing his shit. So I was afraid, like every time I washed his clothes, I always had to check his pockets because there was many times where I would wash his clothes and then the pants, his pocket of his jeans, there would always be like money or business cards or something that he would need that he would just never take, take out. He was just the type of man to just come home, throw his clothes on the floor. And I'm sure a lot of you women can relate mm-hmm. because some most men are just very like they like to be taken care of. So they just fucking throw their clothes anywhere they want. So anyways my dad was that guy so obviously I was doing laundry I go to empty out his pockets and I find a pack of condoms and I was old enough I think I was probably like 16 17 like 17 18 maybe um and I was thinking to I the my first thought was like what the hell my dad has condoms in his pocket and second of all like why are my parents using condoms my mom's fixed you know my mom had surgery to not be able she tied her tubes so I knew they weren't like a long time ago so I knew they weren't able to have kids so I'm just like why are they using condoms so then I kept the condoms I just took everything out I put everything to wash and I thought to myself should I tell my mom should I not tell my mom because if one it isn't it is her then that's kind of a weird conversation to have with my mom like why are you guys using condoms and second if it's not her that he's using them on then what's going to happen to our family so I kept them for a few days and then I asked her one day and I was like hey can I ask you a weird question I know it's kind of personal because my mom was never the type of person to talk to us about sex she always just said whenever you're ready we'll go to the clinic and we'll get you checked and we'll get you birth control but she was never the type of person to like talk to us about sex or be super open with us about her and my dad's like we weren't we weren't like that we were very like you know my mom's my mom and we have to respect it and like that's it so up until that point I had never really talked to my mom about sex or her and my dad having sex so it was a weird thing to just bring up so I I asked her and I'm just like do you and my dad use condoms and right away she's like no why and I said to myself because the other day when I was doing his laundry like I found a pack of condoms. Obviously, that pack of condoms had three condoms and there was only two left. So I figured you, he was using condoms with you and I just felt like that was kind of weird. And if he were going to be doing his laundry, I kind of feel uncomfortable like finding these things, you know. So then she just like, do you have the pack of condoms? And I'm like, yeah. And then she's like, and then I gave them to her. She's like, oh yeah, we do use these. And she kind of just like, left it at that but I to myself I'm old enough and I realized at the time like she's just bullshitting me and telling me that so I'm not worrying so then she just took the condoms we left it at that a few days later I find out that she called my aunt like right away that day and she like told her like oh my god like you know I think there's being like there he's being unfaithful and like my sisters at the time how old were you even I don't even know we were younger yeah we were you guys were a little bit younger you were 14 Emily was like 16 I probably was like 18 maybe 17 18 or about to be um so we were all kind of older and like you know at that time we always thought my dad was always with us like there was no possible way that we thought my dad could ever be unfaithful to us we had a bad a family business we owned our own party supply store which 
we had like 10 tables and like 10 jumpers at the time and like the brinca brincas and we had like hundreds of chairs and tables so every week we would be at the store all working together I mean my dad had his regular job and then from his regular job he would come home we would eat dinner whatever or we would also take him dinner to the store our family business because we would work it in the evenings or he would come work it in the evenings and my mom would be at the store all day (coughs) so at the time we were like there's no possible way we don't think that that's happening but that's kind of weird that he had condoms whatever so anyways back to the story my aunt like and her started kind of like looking into things and so I think my mom just was like you know what I need to know she asked my dad and at first he told her no he was like no no this and that so I I don't think my mom felt comfortable so she kept asking him throughout the week and he finally said you know what yes I did and and she wasn't the first person I I hadn't like an infidelity with like I have done it multiple times and so that just like opened up (laughs) a whole like our lives turned around like from that point on and I seen a side of my mom that I'd never want to see again my mom fell into a huge depression because at the time my mom was overweight and I remember growing up my dad would always make comments about her weight she like why are you drinking soda or why are you eating tortillas and you need to lose weight and you need to be healthy for your kids like it was always like you need to be healthy for your kids but in reality he was nitpicking with her because he was already seeing women that were different than her like that looked different like maybe better you know and maybe that took care of themselves a little bit better but I felt like my mom was so dedicated to being our mom I'm sorry that she didn't have time to take care of herself my mom was an amazing mom and I know she she still is But as a mom, like, if you're a mom, you know, it's hard. It's hard to make time to do things for yourself or to even get, like, one minute to yourself without your kids bugging you. You go to the bathroom, your kids are at the door, in the shower, your kids are in and out. You can't really get a moment of peace. So for my mom, it was more important to take care of her household and make sure that her husband had breakfast, lunch, and dinner, a clean house. Her kids were clean. Her kids had food. Her kids had clothing that was more important to her so she did she did she lost herself she let go of herself she gained weight after all of her pregnancies I felt like she gained more and more weight so my dad obviously wasn't happy and he didn't his way of being unhappy was nitpicking with her and lashing out with her and with us my dad was violent with me more so than all my other sisters and it wasn't just like a spank or like a slap it was like kicking and it was bad and till this day I I can't lie to you guys I do resent my dad and I resent my mom for also not stepping in I feel like she was also like afraid maybe in the beginning she would never step in and do anything about it and towards the end I think she was just like I've had it you can't be doing this anymore but so yeah that just opened up our lives just changed um My dad, you know, obviously wanted to stay and still be with my mom, but he also wanted the liberty to be out and be with the other girl or the other woman that he was sleeping with. And my mom was obviously not going to let that happen. So she packed up all his stuff and she told him, like, you need to you need to leave today and you need to take all your stuff with you. So she he took what he could. 
and he went and he stayed at his his parents' house and anybody who knows my family knows that we are so close. We're a tight-knit family like our friends come in and we welcome you like you're our family. Like you almost feel like you're a part of our family and you're not even related to us. We always make everybody feel loved and welcome. So when that happened, it was just like a shocker to everyone. Like we were the tea of the family. Like everyone was <laughs> sipping on that tea trying to get our tea. Like, yes. you know, we were, and I feel like everyone was so shocked, just like we were so shocked that we just like when did he have time like and I feel like when you do infidelity when you have an infidelity you make time you know what I mean like you're sneaky whatever but we were all so shocked and we were just like I can't believe that that our dad did that because our aunt had just gotten a divorce like a year before and he was like I can't believe my my brother-in-law did that you know this and that and he was like I would never do that blah 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 meanwhile he was having an infidelity himself so it was just like such a shocker to us and my mom like I said she fell into a huge depression to the point where she didn't even want to get out of bed she didn't want to eat like and if you know anybody who's suffering from depression it comes in waves you can have a good moment and then the rest of the day you're just like out of it you don't want nothing to do with anybody you just want to be home or you're where you're most comfortable at like whether it be in your room or your house or just wherever you just don't feel like you want to interact you're kind of like in and what is that state like um Mm, kind of just like in a you're just kind of like like on a cloud like 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 on a a cloud in like a whatever state like yeah yeah, like okay yeah whatever state and so that's how my mom was and at the time she wasn't working we we owned our own family business and she didn't have an actual job where she could say like okay like you know I can just pick up and try and do what I gotta do and have my own money but now like all this is happening so she's unsure of am I still going to be able to make an income this way? Like, how are we going to make the, how are we going to run our business? Like, you know, we have a home, we have new like cars that are financing, like what's going to happen? Obviously I can't afford them all. And at the time, that's when me and my husband started like dating and we started living together. So I wasn't living at home anymore, but my, I like, I was coming around where I was staying the night at the house a lot. And I was just like, what, we need to figure something out. And I like did my best you know being the oldest of the daughters and their oldest kid I was like obviously like mom mode for me like we need to figure out what we're gonna do like I told all the girls like we need you guys need to get jobs you guys are all old enough to get a job no I think yeah a little bit out you weren't you weren't working yet it was just Emily I remember my sister Emily got a job where she could and it was at Bath and Body Works at Deseridge Marketplace and mind you we lived on 32nd Street and like Pierce which is like near Roosevelt so we were a ways away so she would ride the bus every day to go to work to be able to help provide at home and to be able to like give necessities my job I like obviously had just financed a car so I was like paying off my car but I was working to help my mom and we were trying to you know pay the bills obviously at the time like you know our business was bringing in money but it wasn't like a lot of money you know my dad's real job my dad's job was like our main source of income so at that time we were like there was a lot of uncertainty and I think that scared my mom and she had never been on on her own you know my mom had had been with my dad since she was 12 years old and I know that that's scary to say because she was young but her and my dad have had been dating since she was 12 
and she had her first she got she got pregnant when she was 15 at first and had her miscarriage and then she got pregnant of me when I was 17 and you know from there on they were just like a family she grew up quick she never had like a teen year where she went out with her friends and did this or did that like automatically you know you had you know you have the baby and you just become mom mode wife Mm -hmm. mode you know and they got their apartment whatever so she had never been on her own ever so can you imagine being responsible for three people living at your house you don't have a job like a like a steady job where you know like okay this is my my main source of income and then my store is like a second thing because it wasn't like steady steady and then you have all these things so she fell into a huge depression so we did what we could to pull her out you know like every day we were there for her and the family came together and obviously supported my mom and everything like they were always on my on my mom's side and that really like hurt our family because my dad felt betrayed by his family you know rightfully but at the same time it's like you were the one in the wrong and of course he blamed everything on my mom and anybody who's going through a divorce or a separation if somebody's in the wrong they're always going to try and blame you for something to justify their feelings and their situation for their wrongdoing and that's what I've learned mm-hmm. and I tell my mom all the things that my dad did to make you feel like the lowest of the lowest like he did that because he knew he was wrong and to make himself feel better about what he did he he just tore you apart he just started saying like well you're fat and I left you because you didn't take care of yourself. What do you want me to do? Not look at other women and you're, you look disgusting. Like you used to like pretty much gross me out having sex. Like, you know, and you didn't want to go back to school. And I told you to do this. Like every excuse that he can think of to tear my mom apart. He did that and more. And you already feel so betrayed because your husband just goes out and does something so horrible. And your husband's like tearing you apart and you feel like you're worth nothing like you're like yes it is my fault because I didn't take care of myself yes it is myself my fault because I didn't go to school you almost start you like second guess your worth you know and I and it hurt me to see my mom feel that way because she was an amazing she still is she's an amazing woman and my mom is one of the strongest people that I know and she is a hell of a woman because she's such a hard worker. Anybody who knows my mom knows my mom has a super kind heart. She goes above and beyond for anybody that she loves. And she is she's a hard worker. Even though she didn't have an actual job, she busted her ass off at home and at our business to make sure that we had anything and we were never without. And I know my dad contributed a lot, but she was an amazing woman. So for my dad... The man that, yes, I didn't have a great relationship, but the man that I knew as my dad and I loved, for him to tear her apart like that really affected me. And I've never told anybody this. I've never talked to anybody anybody about this because I just felt like, you know what, you're the oldest, you need to be strong. And you need to help your mom out any way that you can. So I started forming a community for my mom, you know, like all of my aunts. And I'm like, take her out, go do this with her. And I'm like, we're going to get you a makeover where we need to eat right. We need to start going to the gym. Like I just tried to do what I could to motivate her. And little by little, I seen her come out of her depression. 
and I would always tell her like you know what like things happen for reasons like he treated you crappy he treated us crappy we're better off without him I know it's gonna hurt you but we'll get through it you know we're just gonna we need to take things day by day and that's it and yeah like we all did our part and my my youngest sister Brianna who's not here um she really didn't experience what us three have experienced because she was the younger one and we all protected her a lot and I feel like that's why she's the crazy one. <laughs> she is crazy. She's the Currently crazy out partying one. Yeah, she's moment. actually out partying at Sunday Fun Day right now. But we protected her a lot and for with reason because we didn't want her to feel the hurt. And we didn't want her to see all the things that we've seen and heard all the things that we heard. Anyways, so yeah, my dad ended up, my mom and my dad ended up getting a divorce. And my dad married the woman that he cheated my mom on, my mom with. Um, This lady was your typical Mexican lady just interesada like wanting just papers you know she just all she wanted my dad was for his money and his papers and once she got what she wanted she kicked him to the curb and then he was like trying to come back and my mom was like no like you hurt you hurt us and by that time I felt like she was a lot stronger and she seen things but it was really hard for us. We went like almost the whole year without talking to my dad because his new wife and the wife that, you know, obviously that he cheated on my mom with, she hated us and she wanted nothing to do with us. And if he came around us and she called, he would be like, Shh, you guys can't say anything because I don't want her to know I'm here. Or he would have or to lie, he would have he to lie on who he, he was with. Yeah, on who he was with or where he was at because she didn't like us. And... If he was somewhere with us and she said, you need to come home now, he would totally just get up and ditch us and like, I got to go. And he would just like, we would, he would be like, hey, let's go out to lunch, blah, blah, blah. We would get there literally just barely sitting down about to order our food. Hey, I got to go. And it's like, what the hell? Like, why would you even invite us out? And at first we didn't realize that that was what, what was going on. But then we like obviously found out, caught on to it also. And we were like, dude, like seriously like why are you doing that we're your kids like she needs to understand we're your kids whatever and uh, my dad back in the day was like a major like I don't know if this was your guys's dad's too but my dad used to love taking home videos of us like any little thing that we would do he would put the videotape on in our living room and he would just record us all day like dancing and singing and we had so many videos of my cousins coming over and us playing games or us like he my dad just always loved to keep and capture memories of us in our childhood so when he took all of that stuff to his new home with his new wife she burned everything she threw everything away so like it took away some of our memories you know so we obviously knew she didn't like us and there came a point where we were like you have to decide like do you want a relationship with us or do you want to keep being with her like we're not going to do this with you like it's not fair to us that after everything that you did and you hurt my mom and you know whatever we're still allowing you a chance to be in our lives and you're still picking other people over us you know so he pretty much like by he pretty much chose her and her kids and by showing us you know and so we completely just cut him off like we were just like he would call us we wouldn't answer and he would text us and we wouldn't text back and it was just we didn't talk to him for over a year and then my aunts were like 
you guys need to give your dad a chance you guys can't not talk to him he's your dad you know whatever obviously coming from a super mexican and like cultured family it's always like no matter what he's your dad you need to respect him you need to love him but i just feel like respect is earned Mm -hmm. and just because he's my dad and just because he's you know we're mexican doesn't mean that i'm gonna fucking respect him like that is earned and i feel like he lost all the respect from us when he chose somebody else over his own blood or over his own family and i just i just couldn't believe it and i felt betrayed did you guys feel betrayed I yeah and i just felt like our back he, he turned his back on us when we needed him the most and when my mom needed him the most and he was just like bye like he wiped his hands clean and it was so easy for him and you know after a year like i felt like he realized that what he did was super wrong and he really wasn't happy the grass isn't always greener like they say and he was like trying to come back and he was like i'm sorry i want like a relationship with you guys this and that and we were like we were not having it so we pretty much made him work for our trust again and for our love again and since then i feel like my dad has gotten better but i feel like my dad's way of loving us is by trying to buy our love my dad was never like my dad always gave us what we wanted but he always made us work for it so if he's like i'll buy you a new pair of shoes but you have to do this this and this or you know you want that new little purse but you have to go to the store and you have to put in your hours at the store and then i'll buy you that like nothing was ever handed to us which i appreciate because now i'm like okay i'm more responsible as an adult because of that but my dad like he always made sure we had everything but now I feel like he overcompensates. Like he calls us every day, all day long. Or he's always like, my dad's never been the one to say, I love you. And now he's always like, I love you. And it's almost weird to accept that love because it's like, you weren't like this when we were growing up. Why couldn't you be? And I I almost feel upset. Do you guys feel upset? Yeah. Because I yeah. feel like, why couldn't you be like this when we were little? Like maybe I wouldn't have anger issues. And I don't want to be blaming everything on my dad and why. Because everybody's a certain way because they choose to be. Like, I've gotten a lot better with my anger management, but I feel like if my dad was more involved in our life, then we wouldn't have to be, like, the way that we were. So, so I just feel like, I don't know, a lot of the stuff that he did when he was away and we realized, like, we all kind of got stronger together, we became closer, and... You know, my mom came out of that depression and she came out stronger than ever. She started working and doing what she could, busting her ass off to provide. And this is a story that I want Yvette to tell about us losing our home. Um, well, because obviously my mom tried to do what she could, but our childhood home, we lost it because we couldn't all afford it to pay for it. So I want you to tell that story. So the day... So the day we moved out, you know, we packed all our stuff and we moved into this little condo that we were grateful that they were we were able to find. And, um, yeah, so, like, we moved in and my mom was going to go back to the old house to... Uh, my mom being my mom, she's if you guys know her, she's, like, this big, clean freak. So she wanted to go back to clean it before the new people, you know, took possession of it. And so we went, I told her, okay, let's go. So I went back with her and it was just weird being in the house 
it was just all empty, you know, we had so many memories and like that was our childhood. Yeah, home. like when we first moved into it it was just a two bedroom house and we you know added we, on to it. We made it our home, you know. Yeah, we, we moved made, into it when I was three and Emily was two. Yeah. So, so we grew up in that home. My sisters were born in that home. Yeah, so then we like my mom started like mopping and stuff and I don't know, we were just kinda there and it just she kinda just like broke down and like for me to see her like that like hurt so bad because it's just kind of like well dang like I always pictured myself as an adult I mean I, I mind me at this point I'm only like 14 I'm only 15. like 15 because I just had had my quinceanera and like I always kind of pictured myself like you know growing up and coming back and being like oh you know telling my kids like this is where I grew up like this is my this is where I you know, I shared my room house. with my little this sister. Like, you know, it's grandma's house. Not only that, mind me, my mom had, like, our house had, like, this back house. So I was always like, dang, when I'm 18, I'm going to move to the back house and, like, live on my house. own. Yeah, because it was, yeah, like, a guest house. And it had, like, a little kitchen. And <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to live in this house. I'm going to live in the back house, you know, with it by myself, whatever. But obviously, I mean, it didn't. So, like, yeah, but that day was just really, like, it was just a tough day just because my mom, you know, just to see her. And I almost felt like she was, like, giving away a part of her life. Yeah, because they worked so hard to get this house. Like, this was, like, their For first. For them, their, yeah, their it was first, a, it was like their first purchase. Yeah. And, like, not and only that, like, we finally were able to, like, fix it up the way we, we like, wanted. we wanted it, like. I can remember the day my like they redid the lights in the living room while these I was so cool because it was back in the day when like they first came out with like the dimming lights and you were able yeah. to dim them like that was like <laughs> so I thought that was like the coolest thing ever yeah. like but it was just it was just a very tough day like I just I, I sometimes just, I, I, think I remember back, that day my mom's like okay like we already we're leaving and she was crying and I just I felt I broke down and I was just like I I felt bad for my mom because I almost felt like she felt like she failed us yeah it was tough and then like it just I don't know I guess getting used to a new place and And like thankfully thankfully for Stella because our family um actually my cousin Patty's husband at the time his mom Stella was needing a renter for her condo and it was not too far from where we lived. And it, it and it worked out because it was closer to my sister's high school. And we were like, you know, talk to Stella. And she's like, yeah, you know, you guys move into it. You know, we know that you guys are clean and you guys take care of things. Like, go ahead. So, yeah, like it worked out. We were able to, trans- you know, the transition was hard because obviously you're so used to living in a place and it's your childhood home and you have dreams. And it's so crazy because now I still have dreams. I don't know if you guys do. But I'll have a dream of, like, being at home at my mom's. And I always oh, still dream about house. that house. Yeah. Always. It's so weird. I do, too. But, anyways, um, like, that. So, it ended up working out. And Stella was a, an angel for letting us move in or letting my mom and the girls move into the house. Because at that time, I was living with my, my husband, at the, my boyfriend at the time. But now he's my husband. And, um, so, yeah, we just got rid of a lot of stuff. We moved her in. And my mom just kept on working, kept on hustling, trying to make it, you know, um, you know, her credit got horrible after, you know, we had to short sell the house because we didn't want it to go in foreclosure because we couldn't afford it. So we did a short sale on the house and we sold it for dirt cheap. And then 
whatever they got from that she took a portion of that but they we we had to let their the family truck go because it was finance and my mom couldn't afford it and my dad didn't want to take it and i remember uh, that day too that's so like when they came to repo it we woke up and the truck wasn't there and we were like what the heck mm-hmm. and like my mom didn't say anything so like you know we i didn't know what's going on i mean i'm 15, only 15 16. 16 yeah and i'm like you know she <laughs> She doesn't talk to me about her financial problems, you know, so... And that's one thing, like, like, my mom and my dad fought a lot about money, but they never told us about their financial problems, which I do appreciate because I feel like... That kind of just feels like when people do that to you, it's just like you feel like... A as a, especially it's as like a, a burden, like a but burden. you almost feel like responsible to try and do things. Yes. And you feel like pressure. But, <laughs> yeah, so, like, I remember, like, waking up and she was... Like, she used to take me to school every day before she went to work. And I remember just waking up, getting ready, and coming down, you know, and there was no truck. And so she was like, well, I think they re- came and repossessed the truck last night. So there we are. I didn't even go to school that day because we needed yeah. to go, you know. I Figure mean, I could have took a bus or whatever, but I went with her. And we she ended up getting a car. And I remember the guy's like, well, you don't even really have, like, credit. So you're going to have to get, like, we're going to just get you into something so you can start building your credit. I remember it had, like, a high interest rate. And it was, like, her first car that she actually purchased on her her own. own. Like, that was kind of... And, like, to me, like, honestly, like, I mean, at that time, it was kind of hard. Because, I mean, mind me, you don't want to have, like, this big interest rate. And, like, a car that you don't even really like, you know. Because you're working so hard to pay this car off. And you don't, you know, it's not something that you want. Mm -hmm. But then, at the same time, I feel like this was a big moment for her. Because this is... This, I think, kind of was, like, a stepping stone for For my mom. To get you to the next Yeah, because that's, like... That was, like, a big moment for her because, like, she finally was able to get something on her own without anybody, you know what I mean? And I feel like my dad was, like, since my dad was a provider, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I feel like since my dad was a provider, he always had to say on where we spent our money. Like, yes, if we wanted to go to the store, like, or she's like, oh, I need to go to the store. Well, what do you need to go to the store for? Or, hey, can I have $20? What do you need $20 for? Like, she always had to give him an explanation, and he would give her the money, but... At the same time, it's like, I like Yvette said, at that moment, even though it was like a crappy situation at the time, like the interest rate was high and her car had just gotten repoed and she was like in a, like whatever car that she didn't like, it was a huge, like a huge deal for her because this is the first time that you're doing something on your own. And I, I think she was also afraid because she was like, shit, yeah, you know, like- but at the same time that I feel like made her like more it made her stronger in that mm-hmm. sense because that had like you know obviously we had just short sailed the house because we couldn't afford it we had to let it go and then now her truck gets repossessed like what two months later so it's like one thing after another so she kept on working and I kept we all kept you know did our our part to try and keep her motivated and try and provide what we could I mean at the time like what I was making 13 dollars an hour like 17 18 years old and like Emily was making minimum wage at bath and body works and I mean obviously you're not working full-time because she's still trying to go to school so she's working part-time and then we make Yvette get a job so then she starts working at Taco Bell and (laughs) I remember when we used to work at Taco Bell and we used to all just kind of do our part to contribute you know and and well not only that we still had I mean we mind me when my dad left my mom like still kept running the family business like, yeah my mom still kept and running like, it. and my dad kind of just gave up on it yeah so at, at that one just, point we were like we none of us really had time for it because we were working so yeah, much so it was just and, like, like it was just me my mom and then one of my like 
really good friends and I like if he ever listens to it like thank you so much because you Your like this boy and we yeah. love you so much you've helped us so much like you don't know how grateful I am like not only that like this person was here for me when like no one else was. yeah but like not just I, for you not but that, for us yeah like not only that like I'm not a person <laughs> I'm kind of like my mom like I don't show my feelings a lot like I kind of I can you hold it Sorry, into yourself. Me. Like, I'm reserved. I'm more reserved than everybody else. Like, so he was, like, the person that I actually would talk to. I remember, to. like, we would climb on top of the the um, the um <laughs> roof of the house on Pierce when we were our, our childhood home when we, like, before we moved. And I would sit there and we would, I would just vent to him, like, everything. And I felt so bad because we we're, like, mind me, we we're only, like, 14, 15 years old. And he's, like, he's probably, like, what the hell this is your just, problem? She has like, issues. Yeah, but you know what? This he, girl has more like, issues than both. Yeah. <laughs> but he never, like, you know, he always was there for me. And then, like, when that happened, like, he would always tell my mom, like, you know what? Like, I'll as long as you, like, give me food, like, you know, make me something to eat, or even if it's just, I'll help you. You know, yeah. buy me something to eat. I'll help you. You don't even have to. Just pay me in food, pretty much. And like, he would. and he would, yeah. But like, so like that, we kept running. We we yeah, we kept running the, the business, business for a little, little bit, bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like, well, obviously, Christy and Emily were working, so they didn't have time for that. So like, me, my mom, and boy would go do it. And after a while, it just kind of like it became a lot. yeah, it became a lot for us. And I just told my mom one day, like, you know what? Maybe we should just see about like just closing it and selling and it. And mind you, it. we've owned this business for over like 15, 10, year, yeah. 15, 10 to fifteen years, and we were the one of the very first businesses to have brinca brincas in our area. Like at the time, I think it was only like Pico Rico yeah. or Dulceria Pico Rico that I don't even know if they're still around, but they had like. Brinca Brincas. That and was then, like in the West Valley. Yeah, I don't remember where they were, honestly. But we were like one of the very first businesses to have Brinca Brincas in our area. So in the beginning, in our area, we were like booming. So yeah. like we actually had like 10 Brinca Brincas at one time. And for the people who are listening who don't speak Spanish, those, those are, are the jumpers, moon jumps. the moon jumps. Um, and we had 10 at a time every weekend. There we go putting up all 10. And then there we go in the end the night or whenever the time was up and go going to pick up all 10 of them in the heat in 110 weather yeah. and in the middle of winter when it was cold as hell outside. We would all do have to do our part and work to make this business run. And in, during the week, we had to go and make sure we did inventory and we had to make sure that we had, we you know, cleaned clean all the tables everything. and chairs because people return your stuff and it's always like dirty there's cake on the table so we had to make like do our part you know okay you so, guys i have to tell you i cannot smell sorry side note i cannot stand the smell of that spray we used to spray that oh green. yeah the green <laughs> oh my goodness the simple I, green the simple green i remember like not so long ago jesse was trying to buy it i was like you better not buy this because i <laughs> cannot smell dare. it yes i'm so sorry and i then, have to bring this up because it's like I cannot stand the smell because that's what we used to use to clean the day tables and chairs and, and the jumpers. jumpers. And it's like, yes. oh, it's just so And bad. I hate brinca brincas. Like, anytime <coughs> they're like, oh, you don't want to come jump in the jumper? I'm like, oh, no. no I hate jumpers. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so we ran the store for a little bit longer. Store, like, you know, getting to the point, we had to close it because obviously we couldn't, we couldn't, do, it no we couldn't do it anymore. My mom was working. We were all trying to do what we got to do. That was also another hard day for us because it's like we all work so hard as a family. We sacrifice a lot of time away from 
other family parties or vacations because we were working to try or and even build like our social lives like yeah we didn't really even have like socialized with our friends because we were always, always so working. consumed in this in like family, family business business, business. and, and it's if like, we couldn't ever go to our friend's house because we were always working so literally all of my cousins would come over and help and our friends would come help us like i remember all of my cousins on my mom's side they would always we would love to have them over and they we would always be like oh come spend the night and they knew that by them coming to spend the night with us they knew that they also had to pull their part and, and yeah. clean tables <laughs> and chairs and go put up jumpers and one of my cousins did it a lot my cousin sabrina yeah, was the one come. that she would always be at our house and she was the one that helped us so much i mean all of them did selena ashley sabrina esme mm-hmm. came sometimes AJ. <laughs> aj um our friend sabrina and veronica would come over sabrina would come over a lot um my friend bria who is in heaven rest now in so peace. rest in peace rest bria peace. but so many people would just come over and they knew like if they wanted to hang out with us and they we would were have all, to, yeah. they would have to pull their part and it was always fun we always made it fun because obviously me and my sisters are all kind of close in age so all of our friends hung out and all of our cousins hung out so it was always fun mm-hmm. but that was our life our business was our life being with our family was our life and it was you know hard we sacrificed so much so when we closed the business it was really hard for us um so that was like another hard day and then my dad, when he tried to come back into the picture, when he started trying to come back into the picture, he started becoming, like, money-hungry almost. And it was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I need to take my part, and I want to do this. And then that's when all of our... I feel like, obviously, we always had issues growing up, but I feel like since then, like, their divorce started affecting me more because I felt like we were older, and our parents put us in the middle. No, so I'm yeah. going to give you guys advice. If you are going through a separation, if you are going through a divorce... The one thing I think we can all agree on is do not put your kids in the middle because you affect them more than you know. And I feel like as adults, it affects you even more because you're you understand you. and, And it's like when my mom, you know, she'll go off about my dad and my dad will be like, oh, your mom this and your mom that. And it's like at the end of the day, I know they're just expressing their frustrations. I know they're venting. But at the same time, they have to understand that we're still their kids, you know, that's still my dad, no matter how much you hate him. And there's that's still my mom, no matter how much you hate her. So it's like, that's the one thing that I can say is please do not put your kids in the middle. And, you know, let your kids form their own opinions about your husband or your wife, eventually, they're going to realize, you know, things on their own, there's no there's no need for you to put that on them or put that in their head, they'll realize that on their own, your your job is to be their mother your job is to be their father and be there and be involved in their life. And it's not your job to put things in their head and, and give them a bad idea. Your kids soak up what you, you tell them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the one thing. And, you know, when even when Tito and I have a disagreement, just like the other day, we're not perfect. And I never claim to be, you know, I love that man so much. But, you know, like every marriage, we have problems, you know, and we, we work through them. You know, when you love somebody, that's what happens. But you know, him and I were fighting and Julian, he's smart and he realizes it. And he was like, Oh, daddy, this and daddy. I'm like, no, I had to stop. And I'm like, no, you don't say that about your dad. At the end of the day, when me and daddy are fighting, that's me and daddy. You don't say that about your daddy. You have to love your daddy, whatever, because, you know, I don't feel like it's right because I'm frustrated and I'm saying things about Tito. It doesn't mean like that he needs to feel that way also, because at the end of the day, that's his dad. And that's, my parents till this day still do that to us. 
and no matter how many times we've told them like you know they don't do it as often but they still do it like they'll say oh your mom this and oh your dad that and I'm just like stop yeah you know what I mean and Emily she's gone through a divorce herself like she said she's a single mom so I kind of want to get give her a little opportunity to talk about her point of view and then we'll wrap things up I promise well before getting to that even if you're the per even if it's not you're not the parent that's going through the divorce if you're even the child like I feel like you should always tell your parents like do not put me in the middle of this like at the end of the day that's yeah like that's your guys's problem like Mm -hmm. me my dad used to call and always say stuff and I told them one day I was like you know what if you're gonna call me and you're gonna you know do that please don't call me and I know I know like that's kind of coming from your child you know you don't want to hear that you don't want to hear them tell you well don't call me no more you know but like it, it, it's, it's toxic to- yeah it's toxic like you don't want to me as an adult because I was at this point I'm already kind of older you know I have my own things going on like there's times where like you know you come home from work and you don't want to deal with anything and then you call they call you and then they're like now you're on you. like you know what I can't deal with this. So if you are the child that's going to that and you, your parents Don't ever be afraid to say stop. Tell them, speak up, because if not, you're never going to, they're never going to stop. And even if you do tell them to stop and they continue to do so, then you know, just keep your distance or try as much as you can because ultimately that's your peace of mind. And if somebody's continuously feeding you toxicity, then it's never going to change. It's never going to get better. So that's one thing. Another thing, when this whole thing went down with our family... Or with with our immediate family, a lot of family members felt like they had a right to have their opinions because they knew that was happening to us. My mom turned to support to all of my aunts. So I felt like at that point, everyone felt like they had the right to speak up and say this or say that or have their opinions about what my dad did or what my mom did or what we should have been doing or you know what I mean? And I feel like until you go through that situation, I feel like you don't really understand the level of like how how it affects your family like your immediate family so I felt like a lot of people were almost like doing things out of pity or saying things and just talking out of their ass you know like not really understanding things and I felt like some people hurt us more than they were helping us even though they thought they were and that's one thing like if I if I my sister like Emily she was going through her situation and all I did was be there for her because I didn't want to give her and I didn't want to say her like you know what you should have done this or you shouldn't have done that whatever like you know because at the end of the day nobody knows what really goes on in your home and I you know there's always three sides to a story that person this person and what really is true you know what I mean I just feel like everybody has a right to feel that the way that they feel and I never want to rob her of her feelings or anything. So when she was going through everything with her divorce and her relationship, I was just there for her to vent to me and me be like, I'm always going to be here for you no matter what. At the end of the day, you need to decide what is best for you and your family and do that, you know? And if you feel like it's this, then do that. And if you feel like it's that, then do that. But I just, that's one thing. If you're a family member of somebody that's going through this, just be there for them. Don't make your negative comments or don't say this or don't say that just be there for that family because it means more than you know Mm -hmm. emily the mic is yours girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys i'm not talking so much because i'm getting over a cold so sorry if i sound so silly but anyway um so yes i am currently going through a divorce um i'm gonna try to be transparent as possible but there's things that i cannot talk about because you know i'm still going through a divorce but 
Um, You're still in the process. We're still in the process. We had been separated already for two years. We're going to be going on two years. But talk about how you guys met and why you feel like your divorce didn't. Um, Jose and I met at work. work, through work. We, Me and him and Christy actually used to work together. Um, he was so annoying back in the day. I hated him. <laughs> that should have been a red flag. <laughs> um, and you know I'm good at reading people, so I was like, uh-uh, girl. <laughs> but I guess I'm blind. Anyway. <laughs> Love is blind, girl. <laughs> um, so we met at work. Um, him and I were both coming out of serious relationships. He was just coming out of a four-year relationship. He had just actually proposed to his girlfriend, and she had said no. <laughs> So they just decided to end it, and I was coming out of a five-year relationship, and a little after that, him and I, you know, he sort of actually is the one who, like, reached out to me, slid into that Facebook DM. (laughs) Back then, it was Facebook Facebook (laughs) Messenger, (laughs) and um, so I was like, and me, I was, like, young, and I'm like, you know what? I'm young, single, ready to mingle, let me date myself, eat, pray, love kind of thing, um, so I wasn't really trying to get into anything serious, but it got pretty serious. And three months later, we ended up getting married without telling anyone. Second red flag. <laughs> we eloped and um, they didn't even tell. Like, honestly, I was so <laughs> upset because she she just asked us one day, what would you do if I want, wanted to get married? And we were like, um, no, you're crazy because she had just gotten out of a crazy relationship with this weird guy that we're not going to talk about. And we were like, no, like, you better not get married. You barely know Jose. Like, even though I know Jose. find, like, the marriage certificate. (laughs) So then her, Emily and Jose decide just to go get married and just invite Jose's friends. And that was it. Yeah, we invited Jose's friends, Sid and Hector. If you guys are listening, hi. Um, By the way, weird guy listens to Jose. (laughs) Anyway, that's beside the fact. Anyways, so, yeah, we ended up getting married and um I don't know I mean that was just a weird time in my life because I just kind of had a serious relationship from some guy that I was like very much in love with and I thought was like the one at the time and my grandma was sick and oh I don't want to get emotional our grandparents were really sick at the time and um it was a lot for our family yeah sorry it's okay (laughs) anyway back to my story um (laughs) So, yeah, we got married, and a little after that, I was like, wait a second, like, I think... Grass isn't always greener, yeah, I'm like, you wait a second. I'm like, wait a second, like, maybe I shouldn't have gotten married so soon, like... um been with somebody you didn't even know. Exactly, because I had only known him for three months, so I didn't know, like, how he was when he's angry, I didn't know how he was when he... Like, I didn't know all sides of Jose, like, I should have known if I had waited longer, you know, so I was sort of feeling a little bit like, damn, like you know regretting sort of regretting it but I'm like you know what I'm gonna try to make the best of it I obviously like really love him so I'm gonna try to make the best of it um a short while later we got pregnant with Noah and I noticed that things weren't changing and on how I felt and I'm one of those people I'm pretty vocal on how I feel so I would always bring it to his attention like this is how I feel (laughs) mind you her and Jose are total opposites Jose's super like (laughs) From the fucking rancho. And my sister Emily is the... Like, out of all the sisters in our in my family, my sister Emily is the one that's literally, like, the one that doesn't really speak Spanish. Like, 
she's very like the white girl in our family and jose's like super mexican <laughs> like, like killing goats in the backyard and mexican. like making birria kind of mexican okay <laughs> and i'm more of like let's go to taylor swift let's go to britney spears concert like that's the kind of person i am <laughs> and um anyway so yeah i just noticed that things weren't changing and i would tell him like hey like you know i'm not happy about this and i'm like that kind of person like i'm upfront about how i feel i want to lay all my cards on the table this is what i expect of you this is what i expect of us in a marriage and it just wasn't going out how i wanted it to go so after like noah turned two i was like that's it that's it i was i sort of sort of checked out of our marriage and jose and i both did stuff that we're not proud of in our marriage but i feel like um my infidelity was what put the cherry on top of the the, cake yeah put the cherry on top of the cake and pretty much ended our marriage and um at first um things weren't always so great it took I think I want to say a good four months for us to be on a, a decent page um I feel like now him and I are on a better page when it comes to co-parenting because we do have our son Noah he's now three going on four and let me tell you my sister and Jose even though they've had if you meet them for the first time you'll never know that this happened to them and, and that they're going through a divorce because they do an amazing job of co-parenting and I give them both mad props because it's hard when there's an infidelity there's a lot of resentment there's a lot of like hate and you know even though he he may feel resentment towards Emily or even though she may feel resentment for their marriage not working and him not putting his part like she feels they like they do a really good job and yeah I give them both props for that yeah because Jose is one of those honorary like exes for life because he's like really good friends with my cousin let's be real we're <laughs> Jose's only friend so he's never going anywhere <laughs> Jose if you're listening we love you and you know whatever like he's one of those family members that like you know you just automatically you start at first he was really awkward and then after a while we just kind of got used to his awkwardness and now we're just like okay oh, with it Jose, you know yeah. that's like, Jose you don't like, even you know, see his awkwardness no anymore. more <laughs> and he's just like we're Jose's only friends pretty much so he's always around our family and which so, is good though yeah I mean it's good I, I that's and for me like coming through a, like the parents with divorce for me it was very important to be the opposite of how my parents were and like putting you know no in between that was the last thing I wanted so for me like even though Jose like hated me like when everything went down and yeah I had to bite my tongue a lot I would hear him say like tell people stuff about me or like hey so-and-so said this about you is that true like I knew he was just going through it so I'm like you know what I don't blame him because what I did was terrible I regret how I went about things I should maybe I shouldn't have done that but I made a bad decision and I have to deal with it and I you did. You I put did. Your big girl I, panties yeah, on and I, you dealt with it. I put my big girl panties on. I dealt with it, and <clears throat> in every situation, I was the bigger person. And I think he's seen that. You know, I was the bigger person, so he started to be like, okay, started to come around a little bit more. But for me, it was more important to like just think about my son and think about how I want to be like a, I guess, a good parent for him because I'm like, if you know, if me and Jose are going at each mm-hmm. other, I don't want Noah to see that. I want him to see us be happy. I want him to see us get along. So anytime him and I would have a disagreement, you know, it would be in private. It wouldn't be in front of Noah. <laughs> but like I told, like I'm telling um Christy and my sister now, like things are way different. You know, like how they said, we get along great. We do have our fights here and there. We do have our disagreements. Sometimes you have to agree to disagree or you have to, you know, pick and choose your battles. But for the most part, we get along. And for me, that's important. So, um that's that's Emily's story <laughs> that's my story trying to make it work and trying, trying not to, to make it work it's hard as hell being a single parent 
but I'm doing it and I'm happy. Um, like I said, I wasn't happy about how I went about things, but I'm not, I don't regret my choice of, I guess, leaving Jose because I'm happy being single on my own. I feel like him and I, you know, are happy not together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like a lot of people who get, like, you know, they get married like, oh, it's just a piece of paper. Marriage is so much more, more than, than that, just a piece sure. of paper. I feel like with the marriage title, there's new expectations from both people. You know, you can't be married and be like, oh, I'm at the club every weekend. Like, no, you're married now. Like, that means, like, you're trying to be serious and start your life with this person. You can't start your life and being at the club every weekend or being here or being there. And I just feel like a lot of people that are younger, like my sister Brianna's age, like, you know, I find that they're making, like, a quick choice like Emily you know you think you really love somebody and then boom you go make that choice and then you end up having a baby and it's like I'm not you know like I said they do a really good job of co-parenting but ultimately you know it is back and forth you know what I mean and that's not something that you want for your kid you know no matter you know how great of a relationship you have with that person it is hard yeah you might have gotten used to it now but I feel like there's a lot of people who wouldn't be able to be without their kid or be able to function without their kids or just whatever. A lot of people who stay in a marriage because they're trying to make their kids happy. If you're happy, your kid is going to be happy. If you're sad, your kid is, you're going to, that is going to reflect off of you and into your home. And I just feel like before you take that leap and make the next step, you really need to think about it. And I feel like that's why people end in divorce that's why people have such a crappy relationship because they just jump into things it's like anything you do any commitment that you make you always have to think about it because this is like a lifelong commitment you know what I mean and it's like when you have kids involved it's so much harder because of the things that you say or the things that you do so Mm -hmm. all I ask you know or all I think we can all agree all we ask is like be sure be sure that this is a person that you want to see you know and build your life with you know like it took me really know them and make sure you really know them before you take that next step yeah like i mean like and it's not even for the people that i feel like it's not even for the people that just jump in and get in relationship because there's been lots of people that have been together forever and get married (laughs) and then it just doesn't Doesn't work work out out. like okay Mm. so me and my husband have been together going on eight years it'll be eight years in january and we've been married three years and I would say like about two, three months ago, we were sitting there talking and <laughs> we kind of were talking about how when we got engaged or whatever, and he kind of was telling me that he wasn't ready yet to get married, but he did it because... He felt pressured. Yeah, because he felt pressured because, I mean, I kind of was like, well, we've been together forever, you know, I'm going to be moving down you here. You gave him that ultimatum, you know? girl. You were yeah, like, uh-uh. so... <laughs> But then, like, you know, we kind of were talking about it or whatever, and then he tells me now, he's like, I look back at it, he's like, and yes, I was scared, because, mind me, we were only, I mean, we were kind of already older, we were already, like, 23, but... That's still young, though. Yeah, it's still young, but, like, he was kind of still barely, you know, like, you know, he didn't, his parents, his mom and dad didn't make him, like, work at a young age, you know, until, like, after he was 18, so, you know, he would just kind of start getting his work group going on, and, you his know. His independence. Yeah. He was finding it, who he was. Yeah, so that kind of, he's, like, it kind of just scared me, because I'm, like, he's, like, well, what if I couldn't, like, support you, you know, I couldn't give you this, and I couldn't give you that, and... 
So, like, now that we, he, like, he actually talked to me, I'm like, you should have told me that. Like, I would have had made you, like, we would have had got married. He's like, no, but I'm happy we did because that, like. It made you grow it, up. Yeah, he's like, it made me grow up. It made me see things differently. And now, like, because we were actually talking about our son. And he was like, you know, now I see this and now I have my son. And, like, he's the best thing that happens to me. Like, that, mm-hmm. like every day he's like, I can have a bad day. I come home and hug him and it just goes away. He's mm-hmm. like, and if I would have, you know, if I would have known that then, I would have had, I would have just said yes. I would have, like, like he's hesitated. Like, hesitated and, like, honestly, like, to me, open. Communication. Communication is the best thing ever. And that's something that. I am so grateful that me and my husband have him. We may, we're totally different, okay? He's this country boy, and I am a city, girl. city girl. Like, And I moved over. The, I moved to New Mexico, like, scared as heck, because I'm like, I'm going to... Anyways, um, like, I wanted to say communication is key, and I just feel like um, that is something that me and my husband have, and I'm happy that we do have, because honestly, if you do open up to your like to your spouse or even if it's your girlfriend or boyfriend like as long as you guys have that communication like, I think your marriage will work yeah so, it'll be work I just feel like we say don't jump into things make sure you know second and most importantly to us do not put your kids in the middle try and have a relationship with your ex or your boyfriend whatever the case may be because ultimately like they say kids do suffer and I feel like as adults we have we've suffered more so because we're just always back and forth and in the middle because we're like, okay, well, we're mad at my dad one day, then we're mad at my mom. And it's just like so many things that go into making your marriage work. And even after you get a divorce, making your family work, you know what I mean? Like it comes, it has to be from everyone and pulling all of their weight. And it just, it, it hasn't been great since the divorce. I mean, there's days that we have good days, but honestly, there is days where I just don't want to pick up my dad's phone call. There's some days where I don't want to pick up my mom's phone call because I don't want to hear it. Like Yvette said, you come home, you're tired, you have your own family problems, you have work problems, and you just, the last thing you want to do is for somebody to sit there and be toxic and unload all this thing and negativity on you. You know, you just, so there is days where I won't talk to my mom or my dad and at first it used to affect me but now I feel like we're all to a point where we're just like ugh, like we just rather not deal with it you know so hopefully you are able to take something from this episode you know it was something that we all kind of sat together and we were like do we want to talk about this do we want to share this story but we just want you to know that you're not alone there's many people who go through things that you go through you know a lot of people don't like to share things because it's something that's so personal and everybody's story is different but ultimately I just feel like you have people that have gone through that if you ever wanted to reach out to any of us you are more than welcome to I will tag my sisters so that you are able to um you know if you ever want to ask us questions or anything we are more than welcome to you know to answer any questions that you have we'll always be here for our community and the people who need us And I want to thank you both for being on this episode with me. It was very hard for me in the beginning to even talk about this with you guys because it was something that we've never really all sat down as a family to talk about. So um, I appreciate you guys and I love you guys very much. And thank you guys for being on. No, and then I just also want to say like, you know, if you're unhappy or if you feel stuck, don't be afraid to make that leap. Life is too short to be stuck and to feel unhappy. You know, if you, you need to be okay, especially if you're in a situation where you have kids, you need to be 100% for your kids. So I just want to, like, just throw it out there. If you're unhappy and if you're feeling, like, stuck, 
just oh, and don't then, be afraid to make that leap. Don't. And do, like I said, if you're happy, your kids are going to be happy. If you're not, your kids are going to know. And another thing, too, that I wish that we would have done is gotten a therapist right after all that yeah. happened. I feel like, you know, one of my really good friends who is going through that, I, you know, right away, I'm like, send your daughter, get your school counselor involved, get a therapist involved if it's covered through the insurance. And most people who have insurance, you know, it is covered. Um, but get your kids in therapy because it's also a lot of kids start holding in what they feel or they're confused about what they feel and it's good for them to if they feel like they can't come to you or somebody else it's good for them to be able to know that they have somebody that is trying to help them um so get your kid a therapist a little easier for somebody to open up to a stranger than it is to suffer somebody that they actually Actually know know and know what's going on so so get a therapist if you are going to not just for your kids but for yourself you know maybe you're just stuck in this mindset and you have all this hate and anger and and maybe therapy will help you see a different way, you know, reach out to your community, start a support system, get involved in church, you know, whatever it takes for you to be better for your kids, for your family to work better, do it. You know, it's like Emily said, don't be in an an unhappy relationship for your kids because there was many times where we're like, just leave my dad. Like all the, like my dad, like I said, was toxic we knew from a long time ago that my mom and my dad should not have been together and they were just together for us and they would say it a lot like if it wasn't for you guys we wouldn't be together like and they would always be fighting and it's just like after they got a divorce yeah it was really hard for us but honestly it was almost like a weight was lifted off of us because we didn't have that toxic energy anymore it was just like these bad bitches trying to be there for my mom empower one another support one another and you know, just do what we got to do, work hard. And that made us so much stronger. It made us so much closer and happier that I felt like I was happy that they got a divorce. And I'm pretty sure that your kids feel the same way. They just don't want to tell you. So like I said, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being here with me. I love you guys. And we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.